What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Grambo, pleasure as always to be here. Good to see you again. Of course. We're still doing this. We're still doing this. We're getting close to episode 100, Adam. I don't know where we are. We're somewhere in the 90s. Wow, nice. Might be at episode 100. You never know. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, stats guy can let us know on that one in guess, a little bit. I guess that's me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's good. Day before July 4th. Happy 4th of July to everybody. Yep. Uh, America. Fuck yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know... Peachtree Road Race tomorrow. That's technically an Atlanta sport. That is an Atlanta sporting event. Um, we have a few people that we know of uh, participating, yeah. yourself included. Carb loading as we speak. There's Oh, beer. There's carbs in yeah, beer. Yeah, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was like, what the hell are you eating? <laughs> and uh, yeah, th- things are good, Graham. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, looking forward to this uh, long, uh, long weekend. Getting today, tomorrow, not today, sorry, tomorrow, Friday, obviously Saturday, Sunday off, so that's very fair, and then uh, back out on Monday, and then off to England for a week and a half, so there will be no show next week. Very unfair. More than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, unless something huge happens something over huge happens where we need to get together. Like a trade for a closer or right. a starter. Or Ron Acuna's arm falls off after it being hit so many times in his, on his arm, which seems to happen like once a week, mm-hmm. arm or hand. Um, yeah, so let's jump into it, Adam. We got um, not a ton happening, but enough. We got, uh, of course, our first place Atlanta Braves. Still looking pretty good. Four and a half games up on the Phillies. Lost a tough game last night to Aaron Nola and the Phillies. Um, Nola pitched about as well as he's pitched all season. Uh, he's come on strong over the last uh, three starts. Uh, I think he has like an under one ERA in the last three starts, something like 28 strikeouts, only five walks. He's been outstanding, and we felt the uh, full brunt of his power last night in a 2 nothing defeat. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just a classic. Tip your hat. Yeah, I hate to, to say that, but because normally Freddie Gonzalez tipped his hat to uh, some – Minor leaguer who's making a spot start, but this is uh, you know a guy that we expect to be uh, Didn't, a dominant. He, he won the Cy Young last year, right? I think he won, but he was a he was a finalist, top top couple two or three. Yeah, check with the stats. He's guy had a really two. bad, not bad season, but a very underperforming season. But the last few starts, it's, as I mentioned, yeah, he's been outstanding. His last three, he's been on top of it, and I mean, he just had us second second guessing every single pitch he was going to throw. You yeah. think he's throwing a fastball, curveball? You think he's throwing a curveball? Fastball. Right. Or I think that, he's throwing a fastball changeup. Right. Or that slider. I mean, he got Acuna a couple of times on, on pitches that were way out of the zone that Acuna was really far in front of him. Acuna's hit very well off Nola in the course of his career. I think he was hitting 420 off of them um, or, you know, over the last two seasons. And uh, last night he just dominated. Had some chances, the Braves did. 0 for 6 with the runners in scoring position. Um, couldn't cash in when we needed to. But it's not a loss where I'm going to you know, sound the alarm or anything. It was just one of those nights where you just faced a dominant pitcher and what happened happened. And unfortunately, uh, our guy pitched well, but not well enough to uh, shut out the opposition. So, But I think you'll take that from Keuchel every every single time out. Yeah, this was definitely his best start in a Braves uniform. Uh, had been a little rough, rough and tumble, I would say. Like, even though the last start he pitched well, um, 
there was still like a little bit of laboring, but he was very efficient last night. You know, in the sixth inning, I think he only had like 68 pitches. Um, made one mistake to Jay Bruce, but overall, liked what I saw in the sense that this was pretty much classic um, Keuchel when he's at the peak of his power. He's very much pitched to contact, inducing a lot of ground balls, um, being very economical with his uh, pitch count, which he was, as we mentioned last night. So, very much an it's encouraging, as an, yeah, it was an encouraging step in the right direction, and you know. We figured, I mean, I figured it's going to take him a minute to get reacclimated. Even though I know he'd been doing simulated games and had the minor league uh, starts, it was like, you know, there's no substitution for the real thing. And it's tough to come back in June. This is your first action. But looked good last night. Hopefully he builds on that because we're, we definitely need him to continue to pitch well down the stretch. But that also shows that he is a big game type pitcher. I mean, this is our first game back after a big homestand. Pretty close to sellout crowd again yeah. against the Phillies chasing us. Um, and he went pitch for pitch with Noel except for that one to Jay Bruce for the most part. Yeah. Um, so that that to me that was encouraging to see. I like his attitude. He is certainly a guy. He's not going to be happy giving you five innings and calling it a night. Yeah. His- he, he expects to pitch seven innings every time he goes out there, and that's exactly what our bullpen needs. Yeah. And what our team needs, and I, I just love how that economical uh, pitching style he's got going on. Yeah, and it's something he did last night. Went seven innings, which looked really good. Only gave up those two runs. Got into some trouble every once in a while, but he was able to pitch his way out of it really well um, against uh, you know a, a lineup that is uh, coming on strong recently. And yeah, and, and the the National League East race is heating up. I mean, the Braves had an outstanding uh, June, going twenty and eight, but. Right behind them, nipping on their heels, was the Nationals, who went 18 and 8 in June. So they they've woken up. Uh, their pitchers had an excellent June. Max Scherzer had only had a one ERA and six starts. Uh, offense was outstanding; almost got six runs per game. So the Nationals are not dead. The Phillies certainly aren't dead. I'd say the Mets are dead, but the Nationals and Phillies are roaring back to life. The Nationals, especially. The Nationals were always the team when we did our little. I mean, everyone was on both of these teams ahead of us and the Mets. And then when we did our little roster rundown, comparing our roster to theirs, the Nationals was the team that scared me a little more because they have three aces. I mean... Yeah, when you got Strasburg, Scherzer, and uh, Corbin. Corbin was that big acquisition that I wish we could have gotten uh, over the offseason. That's going to do something for you. You ain't going away. And they were well under five hundred, but now they're 43 and 41 and only six games back. They still have the worst bullpen in all of majors. Yes. They've got like a 6-5 ERA yes. or something out of the bullpen. But so. they have the money to go after uh, big trade pieces. So they're willing to take on more roster. Uh, they're willing to take on more money to try and compete this year, especially considering it's Anthony Rendon's last, uh, I think, last season under contract. I don't know if they have the prospects to go after big trade pieces, though. I'm not sure about their, their – uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the farm system, honestly, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're aggressive in their uh, pursuit of bullpen help as we near the deadline. And I mean, they always suck, and uh, they want to prove that they can be something without Bryce Harper. Right. And they have a Hall of Fame pitcher that, I don't know, he's probably got three or four more really solid years left in him. Oh, Maxi, yeah, yeah, definitely. But you need to take advantage of it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of like um, it's unfathomable that you can have that big three and only be like two games over 500, you know. It is an offensive game nowadays, though. It is. And our, and our lineup is significantly better looking on paper than theirs. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where, you know, our, our pitching 
has gone from, you know, anywhere as a collectively, right? Not, not individual guys, but collectively has been anywhere between good to poor this year, I would say overall, but our offense, especially after Cunha moving back to the leadoff spot has been elite. It's been top three, you know, uh, pretty much the whole season, especially once, once Cunha moved up. So it's like our offense has been so good that it's bolstered the a staff that is down two-fifths of its opening day rotation and had to go out and get a Dallas Keuchel in order to solidify the rotation. I mean, without this offense, we're, we're totally, absolutely up shit creek. So um, I, I still feel really good about where we are. Um, it's going to be interesting to see as we wind down this series and take on the Marlins this weekend um, before the, the All-Star break. Really be nice if we're able to... Uh, take two or three from the Phillies, sweep Miami, or take two or three there, and be in a position where you're like five and a half, six and a half up by the break. That's the ideal scenario. Yeah. And even if, God forbid, we were swept by the Phillies, I'm still not going to wig out about anything. I mean, we're, we're you know, getting to the All-Star break. Uh, this is the first time we've lost back-to-back games, I think, since like June 6th and 7th or something like that. I think we were, uh, we were facing the uh, Pirates in Pittsburgh. So, uh Still, still feel really good about this about the squad. And, and last night, I view kind of more as an outlier uh, in the sense that the offense was shut out. I mean, this is one of the best offenses in baseball, so I'm not I'm not concerned. No. Um, Anthony Swarzak's on the DL. Adam, uh, one of our great pickups and a, a name that I now call my my dog every once in a while. Swarzak, get over here, just because it's such a bizarre name. And I, I, w- I wish that we. Could have a flashback to what you said when we discussed the Swarzak trade. Was pro- I, let me attempt. I'm not it. saying anything. Probably something along the lines of, "Who the hell is this loser? I don't give a shit about this stupid loser retread from the match. What the hell is it? Top losing liberty, man. What are you doing?" It's a pretty good invitation. So something like that. I think I was uh, pretty lukewarm about it. I didn't think it was going to mean anything, honestly, but. He's been so critical, so clutch. Uh, you know, 0.52 ERA since he's been here. Uh, absolutely outstanding. See his quote today about how playing for the Braves organization, he said, has revitalized his love for baseball. And yeah. just generally, he also mentioned his family having fun watching him again. I think that's, that's great. I mean, I think that goes a long way past, you know, the analytics and the stats where it's sort of like, Going somewhere new can really help somebody. I mean, like we talked about, I think, last week, or maybe the week before that, like, think about Verlander and, uh, you know, going to the Astros when it looked like he was dead in Detroit. Think about damn Cole Hamels going to the Cubs last year when he was dying in Texas. And now, not to say Swarzak is good as either one of those guys, but, you know, Swarzak struggles uh, for the Mets, struggles in Seattle, and, and now he comes here and you know, breath of fresh air, and he's, he's figured some stuff out. Uh, the injury doesn't appear to be anything too bad. Shoulder inflammation, uh, it's retroactive to June 29th, his injured, injured list uh, placement. So he'll be back, I imagine, after the uh, after the All-Star break. So it's, it comes, if he's going to be hurt, it comes at a good time in the sense that, one, it's retroactive, and two, near the All-Star break. So coming out of the All-Star break, he should be ready to ready to rock and roll, which is which is good news. The... Uh, I guess the, it's not disturbing, but it, it kind of does expose something within the bullpen where it's like Swarzak has been we've, – we've leaned really heavily on him and Luke Jackson. Like if anything happens to those guys, to those guys that's significant, 
uh, then I'm going to start to get a little more concerned than I already am. I already am worried about the bullpen, but I'll be, you know, God forbid one of those guys goes down despite, long term. Despite the bullpen having the best ERA in the majors. Yeah, because we've seen, like I, said, like I said, it's a volatile group. They can have stretches where they're really good, but they can also have stretches where they're really bad. Um, we've seen that from all these guys, with the exception of Swarzak. Swarzak's been the one constant since he's been here, but everyone else has had moments when they've just been inconsistent. So um, you lose the most consistent guy in your bullpen for a prolonged period of time. If that were to happen, then... Yeah, I, w- I will be concerned, even though we had the best ERA in, in baseball. Or we did. I don't know what the stat is now. So, future potential concern. Yes, future potential concern. Got it. Which also brings us to some trade rumors, Adam, uh, that have been floating around. Uh, MLB Network got a tip, or either suggested, I don't, I don't think it was a tip, I think it was a suggestion by one of their uh, talking heads. Yeah, to, I know what you're talking about. To, of course, incite discussion by losers like us. Uh, that uh, an ideal trade for the Braves would be getting Will Smith and uh, Madison Bumgarner for Pache, Ian Anderson, and Colby Allard, which is an absurd Absolutely request. Absurd. I, I, you have to, even if you put a gun to my head and said, you got to get rid of Christian, pa- Christian Pache, or you will get shot, I'll like, just kill me. Yeah. Because he is compliment to have him and Acuna in the same outfield. That is going to be one of the most dynamic outfields in baseball. This kid is the real deal. He's going to be a stud just like Acuna is. You do not give him up under any circumstance. And Ian Anderson's probably our best prospect to this point now. Absolutely. It's still in the minors. Yeah. And like According to Baseball America, number one, number three, and number eight prospects for the Braves, for these guys. No fucking way. For, for two rentals. And, look, I, I get the argument, oh, this team's better than they're supposed to be right now. You go for it. But this... Organization's not going to, they've been shrewd for the past three years. They're not all, all of a sudden going to start making stupid deals that mortgage the future. Yeah, I also think that, you know, you're going to need guys like Pache and Anderson if you want to beat the Dodgers eventually. And yeah. I don't think we're in a position right now, as we're currently constructed, to beat the Dodgers. And I don't think we're in a position if we make this, this hypothetical deal, quote unquote. Uh, even if it, we made the deal, I still don't think we're in a position to beat the Dodgers. So, like, would you, are you willing to give up your future to then probably more than likely fail? Absolutely not. Or have 10-plus years of this core together. Right. Plus uh, Pache and Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Them included yeah. in the core. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Seven-plus years, whatever. You can nitpick there. But, um, yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be madness. Yeah. Nonsense. Despicable, right? Hurtful, scarring, asinine, asinine. Yes, and I'm certainly still scarred by the Teixeira deal. But I mean, if we'd never made that deal, we honestly could have won a World Series at some point during all those years of Chipper. His final five years, you never know. No, you don't. But uh, you plug in Neftali Feliz with Kimbrel. And uh, Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews. Yeah. You never know. You never know. We yeah, we could have. Uh, yeah, that could have been and a solid number three pitcher as well. Right, and then you have Simmons out there. You could have had Simmons and Andrews be your your middle of the infield battery. Uh, you know, a ton of different things could have happened. Yeah, there. that would have been pretty sick. Yeah. So, but instead, there's we got a year this and a half would, of Mark Teixeira. This would scream Teixeira redo, and Teixeira was. I mean, a lot of people think that the Teixeira was. You know, 
I wouldn't say a bust, but yeah, some people do think he's a bust. But you know, he put up good stats. Yeah, he wasn't a bust at all. I mean, he had thirty plus home runs. Yeah, drove in like a hundred twenty plus RBIs, but we didn't win a World Series. The rest of the team wasn't good enough. Yeah. um, to even think we were about four and a half competing. games back when we signed him as well. Yeah, it was a desperation move in the last year. I think one of the last, if not the last year of, of Scherholz's career to try and make something happen. And it, it reeked in retrospect of desperation. At the time, I think we were all pretty excited, but looking back on it, you know. Brutal. Yeah, absolutely. And if the Braves want to make a move like that next year, and you have Anderson and Pache up here, and you got some other guys, and you're like, literally all we need is an ace and a closer or a couple more bullpen pieces and we think we can do it and win the World Series, fine. But you aren't going to win the World Series by making this move. Well, that's the, yeah, that's the other kicker is I'm not, like we said last week, I'm still not convinced Bumgarner's an ace anymore. And, I mean, if you can, like, pry Will Smith for Colby Allard, okay, I would do I'll that. do that. If you want to do a straight-up trade for that, fine. Uh, Allard's fastball doesn't, I don't think, is good enough to survive in major leagues. But, so. I mean, we've seen you don't need a great fastball to be a good pitcher. No, I'm just saying, like, the few times I've seen him pitch, I'm just like, I don't get the hype. No and, movement and, on it. Yeah. No, there's not a lot of movement. It's slow. And uh, and not, that's not to say he can't figure stuff out because he's not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying I haven't, from the eye test at least, have been too impressed by what I've seen from Allard. But I don't see us making a blockbuster like that. I see more of a shrewd Anthopolis move, a couple middle-tier prospects, somebody from the Major League roster, an ender, and yeah. Adam Duvall. Yeah. I, someone like that for a decent closer. Yeah. A Shane Green or a Will Smith. Yeah. Or I still am a, a big fan of doing both and then finding that some either back the rotation guy or if you really want to try and get. But that that's talking trading like 12 prospects, Graham. I don't know. That's a big wish list. No, I mean, two. two uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're exactly right. I have no idea, though, right? To like, well, I mean, well, that, well. That's what you. Yeah, I'm not sure what it would take to get all those guys, but you're you're right. It probably would take too much, and then probably you do go all. You know, this is not the season to go all in. I hate to say it. As much as as exciting as this is, we're not. We're still not there. Like it, it could still come together. It could still come together. It could I, still I happen. If we get some value from Fulte or Gossman, either starting or from the bullpen from one of those guys, that's the big unknown. You never know. Yeah, because like we need those guys to contribute, considering that Freed and Soroka. Have never pitched or have never pitched this much, you know. By years end, they will never have pitched this much in their lives before in a season, and we cannot rely on them to carry us. I mean, it's nice that they all, that especially Soroka is at this point, but we've already seen some signs of fatigue from Freed. I would say in terms of you know he hasn't been quite as sharp as he normally is. He's still been very good, but he hasn't been quite as sharp as he was early in the season. Who knows when that happens to Soroka? So because of that and because of the bullpen issues, it's just like. It's still hard to see this team beating the Dodgers in the postseason to me. But stranger things have happened. It could still happen. We could still make a move that could, could improve us. But to even, to circle back to the original point of discussion, there is absolutely zero reason to make this proposed move that MLB Network suggested. Yeah, they're just bored trying to get, like you said, loser talk, talking. Are we talking heads? Talking pieces? We're, we're talking heads we're just at this guys. point. But, I mean, I think we're just guys. Like, those guys are the talking heads because yeah, yeah. they – control the narrative right we control shit i got a theory though hmm. this is a talking head theory um we already have our closer on our roster jackson or swarzak no faulty mr darren o'day who has secretly the phantom pitcher that may or may not exist 
maybe he's actually extremely healthy, and Anthopolis has just been holding him back until we fully need him, and then he's going to be unleashed for half a season. So you think Anthopolis has been saying, oh, given our bullpen struggles, uh, even though it's been better. The bullpen's been fine. He's like, we don't need him yet. We don't need him this early. I think we're just giving him $9 million to rehab, which is quite disappointing. But like you don't hear like any reports on him, which is kind of strange. You didn't hear anything about Ender for a while. Ender's just started rehabbing. Um, it is weird that we haven't gotten a really big update from a, about a day, but... I mean, you would I, I think, think that he's, he, he's a lost cause. If you expect him to pitch, then you're deluding yourself. Not you, but it's a theory, Graham. It's a theory, but I don't. I don't put any. There's no verity to it. I don't think. Some of my theories have worked out in the past, such as uh, this team being a lot better than the Talking Heads said they would be. Okay. This year and last year, the Hawks being a lot better than the Talking Heads. Said you they would you be. predicted, I think, over 24 wins. So yeah. You were you were okay. All right. I'll give you I'll give you some credit where credits due. But, uh, you know, if a day does come back, I'd be interested to, you know, there's no reason not to plug him in, see what happens. Uh, but that would be huge. If a somewhat healthy Darren O'Day comes back, yeah. plug him in with Swarzak and Newcomb and Jackson and who the hell else is in our bullpen group? Blevins. Blevins. <laughs> <laughs> Real dominant pieces. Blevins and your boy Tom. Webb. Webb. Yeah. Um, in the good news department, Adam, we have three All-Stars going to the, uh, from the Braves going to the All-Star game this year. we got Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna Jr., who will both be starting, and Mike Soroka will be a uh, pitcher, pitching reserve. So that's, that's exciting. Uh, I was a little surprised that no one else got in, but I'm very happy that we actually have two starters in the game, which means I'll be more interested in watching the beginning of the All-Star game than I normally am. Usually I watch it just to wait until the Braves players come in, but this time it's like my boys are going to be playing for four or five innings, yeah, if not more, so hell yeah. Really the only one I can make a big argument for that didn't get in is Ozzy. Yeah, Ozzy had a good— I feel like he, he's deserved it at this point. Yeah, especially hitting out of the eight hole and putting out the, the numbers he's had, even though his hard contact rate is like at 33%, which is very surprising. But um, overall, he's he's done well. He's his hot streaks have, have carried him. He's played good defense, um, and he's he's done really nice work out of out of the eight hole overall. Uh, I think it was partially because Mike Mustakis is just having such a great season for the Brewers. Uh, I think he's got twenty six, twenty seven homers uh, as a second baseman, and he's just been kicking all sorts of ass. So yeah. um, it's it's fair that he didn't start, but I agree that he probably should have been a reserve. Um, some person wrote an article about how uh, Luke Jackson should be an all-star. Not an article, but mentioned that he... I was on The Athletic, that's who it was. I was going to say, is that Josh Brown with Nakahoma Nation who wrote that? Uh, I think he would have preferred Nick Marquez to be that, an all-star. That's true. Um, but I... I uh, it was interesting, too. It was like... It, it called out, like, who got in the all-star game, like, who was deserving, and one of the people was Luke, was Luke Jackson. I was like... I mean, he's been I mean, all right, but if you blow seven saves or whatever it is now, like you're not worthy of an all-star consideration. But me. it's also that's a skewed stat. That's not a sabermetric stat anymore. Like never was some of those blown saves like came when he wasn't a closer pitching in the seventh inning or something. You can still blow a save. It doesn't matter. That still counts against you. I know. That's what I'm saying. But like, it, it's not like if you think of that as a blown save. It, what the hell am I trying to say? I don't know. It's. I guess what you're. And trying the teams to say, come back to win some of these games. That has nothing to do with him. Why is that? 
A guy gave up. He gave up a run. Okay, that happens. Yeah, he's given up many runs in situations where he shouldn't have. And I don't think he's worthy of all. Would you gun to your head worthy of all star consideration? Are Luke we in Jackson? first place right now by this many games if it's not for Luke Jackson? Yes. No way. You could have plugged Swarzak in. We didn't have Swarzak all year, Graham. We've had Swarzak for the majority of the season. That's not. We got him in like end of May. Fine, middle of May. Not in like May. Luke Jackson carried that bullpen when we had absolute garbage down there. Yeah, no, he's. I'd say overall he's done a decent job for what he is. But I'm not going to call him an all star. He's but not an all star. So someone, I I'm think, just saying all star to consider him and you know to even think, oh. Deserving Luke Jackson is just kind of crazy to me. No, I don't, about I don't agree with that. But. I appreciate what he's done, and he's risen above the bullshit and the hate with, uh, you know, admirable swagger and fortitude. But I'm, I'm you know, I just I thought that was kind of ridiculous. But that is good news about about the All Stars, however. Yeah, no, um, no, it's, it's especially nice for see. the starters. Good to yeah. see Freddie is finally getting his full due respect for being one of the best hitters slash players in the league. Yeah, and he is, um, you know, finally, finally, after all the years of Goldschmidt and Rizzo and I'm um, trying to think of other people, oh, mainly those guys and probably someone else I'm forgetting, it's like finally Freddie Freeman gets the credit he deserves, that he is the best first baseman in the National League. Yeah, jo- Josh, Mel was, Josh Bell was sneaking up on him. Josh Bell is having a hell of a season, but if yeah. you consider what Freddie has done over the course of his career compared to Bell, this is Bell's sort of, big breakout season, especially from a power standpoint. He never put up these kind of power numbers before. Freddie has been doing the 300 average, 400 on base, 500 slugging for years. Yeah. And he had never gotten to start. And now he gets to start because he is, you know, I think we were in the wake of his best season. And I'm, I'm happy that's being uh, appreciated by baseball fans and Braves fans yeah. uh, in, in, in total. So very nice to see. Yep, I'm happy for all three of those guys. I think Acuna is going to be a blast, not only during the home run derby. Yeah, he's in the home run derby as well. Just his on-field antics. Yeah. He's going to be having fun. You know that Always much about blast. him. What do you think about Acuna in the home run derby? Are you concerned about the uh, you know what's befallen some other guys in the past where they have slumps or whatever after they take so many hacks? And the, I don't think there's really I think any it's correlation with that. I think yeah. it's kind of bullshit, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if they're not concerned about it, the players themselves, then I'm not going to be – concerned about it yeah i mean i would think that there's some other factor for some of the people that have struggled with the home run derby too like not everyone who's in the home run derby struggles with that shit or even people who go deep in the you know freddie was in it last year and he had to find second yeah bryce harper i hate to say this i feel like vomiting but after the all-star break he turned into his old self and he won the goddamn thing so there's i don't think there's really I mean, maybe you can make a correlation with a few guys, but it's, I don't think it's like as rampant as people think it is. It just happened to a few people where it was like, oh, they went deep in the home run derby and then had a, kind of got off to a slow start in the second half or had a shitty second half. It's like, it doesn't that doesn't happen to everyone? These guys are professional athletes. Their bodies can recover. Yeah, from one workout. Right. Of of swinging for the fences for a couple hours. Plus, the format's different now because they they do it timed now. It's not just unlimited like it used to be. Right. Which is a good thing. Yes, and I think I mean like. I've said this before. I think the Home Run Derby is as exciting as it's ever been, even in the... I loved watching on ESPN Classic, those old things where it was just two guys. It was like Eddie Matthews versus Hank Aaron or something at an empty ballpark, and some old announcer just calling the Home Run Derby in an empty ballpark. That was super exciting. Why were they empty? 
I don't know. They televised it, but there was no one there. It was really eerie and weird. And when the it was just two guys, and when the other guy was hitting, or wasn't hitting, he was up there with the the broadcasters. They were talking baseball, talking about the guy who was up. It's fascinating shit. But even then, which I thought was cool, was just mano a mano. I think with the with the pitch clock and uh, how you have to like you can't be as selective and you just got to go go go. It makes it so much more exciting than it ever was. Like think about when we were growing up, where it was just like. Even though there were some exciting things that happened because everyone was on steroids, then it was still like, God, how many pitches is this guy going to take? Yeah, it's pretty lame watching him take six balls in a row. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love I love watching the home run derby every year. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fun as hell show. Yeah, Acuna versus Vlad Jr. this year as well. I don't know if those guys will end up winning it, but I mean, just two of the most exciting young prospects in the game. Yeah, hacking it out mm-hmm. already in there. Yeah. Sort of the future versus the future and Vlad Jr. and the present with Acuna. Yeah. Acuna's arrived. Vlad's still having a little bit of an underperforming season, I think, so far. But He's only played for a couple months. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I think the expectations were yeah. so high for him. But, yeah, it should be awesome watching Acuna in the All-Star game. It should be great watching the Braves in the, in the All-Star. I mean, sorry, the, uh, the Home Run Derby, and it should be great watching the Braves in the All-Star game. So, good stuff. You want to transition to some uh, Hawks action, Adam? I think we can do that, Graham. Big trade today. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Chandler Parsons, yeah. who hasn't had a full season worth of playing since, I think, 2015 or 16. Been quite injured over the last few years. Uh, traded, who was it, Solomon Hill and uh, Miles Plumley. Yeah. So sort of a, a, a trade of, uh, I guess, bad contracts. Yeah, I don't really fully understand why the Grizzlies wanted to take on two lesser. I mean, the money evens out for the most part. Um, For us, it's a good thing because it opens up a roster spot where we didn't really have one. Opens up the roster spot for uh, Vince Carter. Vince Carter or (laughs) more likely a center. Right. We still don't have another center. Now we just lost a center. Um, So maybe to bring... Deadman back. Maybe Deadman and Vince Carter. I don't know. Um, I think Deadman's gone, honestly. I think unless he takes a one- or two-year deal. Um, which he's done in the past. He's done in the past. But I think, given his output last season, despite some injury issues he had, I think teams are going to be willing to give him more of a long-term deal. I would be very surprised if Deadman's back in a Hawks uniform this season. To me. He seems very undervalued by the NBA. Yeah, no, for, he's for he's whatever a solid reason. Because I thought I thought he was gonna be gone last year. Yeah. And he came back. Right. He's a very solid player. Um but it's interesting the Chandler Parsons thing, because if somehow he can stay healthy, like he's exactly what you would want out of this team. A big guy who can create his own shot, and he shot at forty seven percent from three last year. In limited time, right? Albeit, but I mean, the injury—he's only thirty years old. Um, maybe our training staff's kick-ass Graham. Maybe, and he was a solid player. Uh, you go back to the twenty twelve through about uh, twenty fifteen season. This is when he was on Houston and Dallas. You know, he was a guy who was shooting, uh, you know, forty eight percent from the field, uh, shot anywhere between thirty eight and forty one percent from three point range, averaged between fifteen. Anywhere between thirteen and sixteen points a game. You know, he was he was a solid, solid player. Got you five five and a half five rebounds a game. You know he's a solid guy. It's just been with uh, Memphis. 
very underwhelming after he signed that big deal. I think it was four years, $94 million. Um, Regardless of how well he does this year, this is the last year on his contract. It's not like we're taking him on for the, the bulk of it. So the good news is is that even though he's vastly underperformed in Memphis, um, you know, I think he's averaged around seven points a game over the last three seasons. Regardless of what happens in this year, he's, he's gone after next year. So it's just another guy that can probably help teach the young guys, especially our 3 and D wings, and uh, maybe he can uh, get something going this year. Yeah, I mean, it's... Like I said, I don't fully understand why Memphis did that because Plumlee, I mean, maybe they just need a big body that doesn't move well. Um, and I don't even know who the hell Solomon Hill is, if I'm being honest, Graham. I know he came from the Pelicans. I don't know what type of player he is. Yeah, I've never really watched him play. I mean, he just it sounds like he just was overpaid and probably wasn't going to have yeah. any potential. Potential. <laughs> potential. Any potential of getting any uh, playing time with us. So Right. I mean, it's in it, an injury case. Yeah, it's it's not significant either way, but it seems like a win for us. Yeah, so I think it's fine. I'm I'm kind of ambivalent towards it, and as long as it opens up a roster spot, then so be it. We've so, still got like 14 million to spend, so yeah, I'd imagine we will be bringing in some sort of free agent, somebody, mid range. Yeah, but, um, the uh, you know NBA free agency is in full swing. You already got the the new Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan going there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been the big news there. Uh, nothing happening with the Hawks though. So, and nothing you shouldn't expect anything to happen. Well, with the our Hawks. roster is there already. I mean, there's some things there, but also it's just like no one's going to want to come to another rebuilding season, even though it's going to be better. I think than it was last year. It's still going to be the process of trying to get into the playoffs and and get some attention on the team. It's not going to be like, oh, man, we're gunning for even uh, Eastern Conference semifinals this year or Eastern Conference finals or a championship. There's no chance in hell. So. No, I, I can see us being a 7-8 seed, though. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can make some noise in the playoffs like we were talking about, that can attract guys next year and beyond. I mean, we mentioned that the free agent class isn't what it is this year, but the free agent class in 2020, I mean, but uh, still some quality names out there. Um, that could be interesting coming. Um, like Draymond Green, uh, Jack Courtney. So I don't know. I doesn't get you too excited, but maybe Draymond doesn't fit well with this uh, organization given his temper tantrums. But that's probably the best player that's in free agency. I would say in twenty twenty. Yeah. Got the Schlink connection. Yep. So uh, not too much else going. With the Hawks, Falcons are you know non-existent news. <laughs> Which I'm fine with, yeah. honestly. I'm not in a, in football mode at all, so I'm okay with that. And I'm kind of getting tired of people on the radio talking about football, be it college or NFL at this juncture. It's like, it's baseball season. Yeah. It's baseball season. We got a first-place team. This is the most excited the city's been about the Braves in probably five years, six years. So let's enjoy you know what the Braves are giving us right now, which is uh, a fantastic offense and a reason to – Hope and dream, not only for now, but for the future, for yeah. for years to come. Fun to watch every night. Yep. I got something for you, Graham. Oh, sure. So since we're taking a little hiatus yep. with the All-Star break, what to you, so where the Braves are now, at the end of the season, for you to look back and say it was a successful season, how far would the Braves have to go? I think win the division again. Going to the playoffs, I don't necessarily need to see a series victory to consider a successful season. 
Interesting. I would like to see that more than just about anything in the world, but I want to <laughs> say that it was a successful season based off winning a series or not, just because like I've been squawking about the whole year. It's just like I can't expect with the staff for us to go too far in the playoffs. So even though we have some talented folks on there just collectively. So I'm if we win the division again and make the playoffs and lose three to one in the division series as is our uh, way of doing things. I, I'm I'm okay with that. That just sounds brutal. You're not gonna be okay with it. We need so what, what is one it division win. We just need we just need to uh, we want to you know, win a division series. That's win, successful. Win the division, yeah, and then win a playoff series for the first time since we were ten. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. I don't. I I think we can win a play if we if we win the division and we can play the Cubs. I think we can beat them. But I do not Cubs or Brewers. I think we could beat either of them. Yes, it would be competitive. I think we can beat them. I. Don't think there's a chance in hell with how we're currently constructed right now. We beat the Dodgers. But the good news is we're not going to play the Dodgers in the first round because yeah, la- last year the they division. were last year they were a wild card, right? They snuck in. They almost blew it last year. Yes, yes. So because they had a rough start this season. Last yeah, they're year. on pace to win like 107 games this year. Yeah. So as long as we win the division, yeah. we don't got to worry. We about don't want to be a wild card. Yeah. For God's well, sake, you're you're dead man walking. You might as well just go sit in the electric chair or get their lethal injection. There's no reason to even face them yeah. if you're the wild card team. Honestly, they're going to beat the shit out of you. Um, so I think, yeah, to me, it's winning the division. I don't have to win a playoff series, but you, you if you're proving that you can win consistently, that's a good thing. I don't want to get into a stretch where we were, you know, during the Bobby Cox years, where it was like, oh, I won the division again. And of course we lose in the division series every fucking year because that, you know, got really old. But because um, it felt like we just couldn't break through the ceiling and we were snake bit in the, in the playoffs. I don't want that to keep happening, but I also am just trying to keep expectations tempered because of our, our, our staff overall, our pitching staff overall. So um, that's my opinion. If we win the division, then it's a successful season. I'll be a little disappointed that we don't win a playoff series, but I won't be like it wasn't a successful season, especially with the growth of... Acuna, Soroka, Freed. I think I'm still in the mindset of uh, I'm more in- – I mean, it's great to win, but I'm also more interested in seeing these guys develop because they're going to be able to help us win a championship down the road if they keep developing the way they are. And um, and I'm seeing signs of that. So I'm, I'm more hopeful for the future than I am for the present. That's not to say I still don't want to be successful in the present, if that makes sense. i got to say, Graham, I don't know if over like the last four or five months you've started like – taking CBD oil every day, but, like, your outlook is just so much more reasonable and level-headed than it used to be. Like, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the season, you were one of these people screaming, you're in the playoffs, you gotta go for it now! And now you see the future, you see the trajectory we're on, Yeah, and you're just a lot more chill, and, like, you're enjoying life a lot more, like, these podcasts aren't just, like... Bitch sessions. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's... Much better for all parties involved. I think I just sort of realized that. Um, I think it's it's taken. I think it's because of the Super Bowl, and it's taken me some time to come down from that. But realizing <laughs> like how three years, yeah, is realizing how far I sunk after that to get that worked up over a sporting event. As much as I love sports, yeah, and we've gone over this before. Why we love sports and all that shit. It's just kind of crazy to get that worked up over something like that. And with the Braves, for example, it's like they're a year ahead of schedule. So 
I don't, and considering also what the what Liberty Media is as an owner, we can't be as aggressive as the Yankees or the Nationals or teams with a higher payroll. So it's like I have to keep my expectations reasonable, or else I'm going to continue to be disappointed. And I'd rather enjoy what I have from a realistic standpoint, as opposed to because um, I know what Liberty Media is. I know what you know. It's just like why should I get worked up over? Um, all this, you know, frankly, bullshit. When the long run, it's just sports, and I love sports. But like, a know. lot of people trade places uh, with the, our roster right now. And our yeah, and that's another thing too. It's like we have a great roster. It's like Brace Twitter that freaks out about you know if we lose a game like last night. You see just random tweets about um, you know this is why we'll never do anything. It's just like you know what, just don't just don't fucking watch. If it's really going to cause you that much pain, just don't fucking watch. And that's sort of where I'm at, where it's like, I'm enjoying it for what it is. I'm trying to keep my expectations realistic. Now, if we get in the next couple of years, and we're still kind of in this sort of holding pattern, I may get a little more angry, but I'm not going to rage all over the place to the point where, like, I become a monster. I mean, there's just no point in doing that. So So we've got potential future Graham concern... And potential future Graham anger. Yeah, I mean, like, I still hold the organization accountable. Like, I still think Liberty Media is kind of full of shit, but I'm not going to... I've talked about it so much, and I realize it is what it is. What else can be said? What else can be done? I can't control anything, so I get so worked up about it. It's very uh, mature of you. There you have it. Well, I think this wraps up this therapy session. I mean, this episode of Atlanta Zone... Uh, Until next time, have a great 4th of July, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, Be safe. Have fun. Rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitalmaship. Hospitalmaship. Thank you. This is an old Woody Guthrie song we're going to do. One day we'll be the national anthem.